What's going on? Welcome into a game day edition of the Pelicans podcast presented by SeatGeek. I'm Daniel Sallerson alongside my co-host Jim Eikenoff for Pelicans.com. It is a game day for New Orleans as they'll take on the Miami Heat tonight in Miami to wrap up a two-game road trip. But today we're going to talk all things NBA with Michael C. Wright, who is a senior writer for NBA.com. He's kind enough to join us this morning. This morning, excuse me, Michael. Good to talk to you. How are you? I'm great. How about yourselves, fellas? It's been crazy, man. First month of the season. It's been pretty crazy. Um, and that's kind of my next point is kind of what stuck out to you about this craziness to start the season. Has there been anything, whether it's, you know, the Golden State Warriors playing as well as they are, the Chicago Bulls who are impressing people. Is there something that sticks out to you the most about the first month? Well, those first two you mentioned, but, you know, give props to the Washington Wizards too. They, they're looking really good. And they sort of hastily put that team together and, you know, you Russ is out of there. Now you got uh, Spencer Dinwiddie and some of those other guys in that supporting cast. And they've been surprising, actually. Um, obviously, Golden State is a big surprise. Well, they're not a big surprise, but you didn't expect them to be playing this dominant because they're a team that is sort of still evolving into what they'll be. That's the scary part is that, you know, at some point, the Warriors are going to peak. And, you know, when that happens, just sort of like watch out the rest of the league. So, you know, and they still haven't gotten Clay back. They still don't have James Wiseman back. So that's a team that's been, you know, pleasantly surprising. I mean, like I, we knew they were going to be good. We just didn't know that they would be playing at this level, you know, because early on in the season, let's be real, they had some tomato cans, you know, that they were playing a bunch of teams that were in the bottom of the standings in their respective conferences. But that last last night, that win against Brooklyn, that was dominating. And I think that, you know, it, it, it erased all the doubts about Golden State. That was just amazing what they were able to do in Brooklyn. I mean, you hold KD to 0 of 8 from in the third quarter. I think, I think that was like the first or second time that's ever happened to him in any quarter in his career. And so, you know, you got to give them props. They're going to they're gonna be really good moving forward. When you talk about, you know, racing any doubts about Golden State, does that mean that for you, they are the best team in basketball right now? Man, I got to say so, but only because, I mean, that's just what we have. That That's the evidence we have in front of us right now. I mean, they still got to go play some good teams and, you know, really outside of Brooklyn. Brooklyn is the only team that they've really played. I think early in the season they had, I can't remember who it was, maybe the Clippers or somebody like that. Uh, but, you know, to this point, that's that's the evidence that's in front of us. And, um, you know, like I said, Golden State is – they're not even as good as they're going to be. And, like I said, that's the scary part about them. So, you know, it's one of those things that, you know, some of these teams that are, that are going to be in contention, they better start paying attention about, you know, how to best defend them and also how to deal with that defense because I don't think Golden State gets enough credit for their defense. That Those guys swarm like bees. And you saw that last night against Brooklyn. You uh, also do the MVP ladder for um, NBA.com. So when you're looking at the MVPs, obviously Steph Curry's got to be on the top of the list or close to, but who are some others that are kind of up there for you as far as your MVP ladder right now? Ooh, <laughs> I, I really, because t- tomorrow is the day I really start to think about it, but obviously Katie and Steph are up there, but Nikola Jokic, Give that man some some respect. I mean, I I, I don't know what his um, his per is right now, but I was looking it up the other day, and it, it's like historic. 
and this guy's playing with, you know, Michael Porter Jr. He's sort of been in and out. You know, he's got the back issue or whatever. And he wasn't, he hasn't been playing well. You got no Jamal Murray. This guy is doing it by himself. And it's pretty amazing. I, I watched him play against Dallas the other night. And, you know, he had a great game. Luka Doncic, he's typically a guy that you consider for, for the MVP ladder. But he really hasn't gotten off to that, that great of a start this season. But against the Nuggets, he actually looked pretty good. You saw a little a little mojo going with Kristaps Porzingis. But, you know, unfortunately, he goes out with the, the left knee and the left ankle injury. I think he did both of them on the same play. So you got him, uh, DeMar DeRozan, look at what he's doing with the Bulls. I, I've been saying this to a lot of people that there is something about just being happy where you are, you know, like that can definitely make you play better. Um, you know, when he was in San Antonio, it wasn't that he was unhappy, but he knew the situation he was in. He's on a young rebuilding team. He knows he's got no shot. Now he's in Chicago. You got Lonzo Ball. You got Alex Caruso. You got his former college teammate, Vooch. And those guys are, you know, making things happen out in Chicago. And that's pretty great for that city because, you know, that is a sports town, man. And, like, when the Bulls, the Bears, when everybody's rolling, that city is, you know, that city is just a great place to be. Uh, Giannis, he's definitely up there. Um, But, you know, Milwaukee's kind of gotten off to a shaky start. But, you know, you had – sort of COVID run through the team. You had some injuries and stuff going on there. Um, who else? I mean, there, there's a bunch of guys at this point, uh, like AD, you know, with, with LeBron James sort of, you know, having his injury issues. He sort of stepped up and done some things with the Lakers. John Morant, he's going to be lower, but he's looked good this season. This guy's taking his game up to the, the next level. Every year he's been in the NBA, and, you know, he's a guy that, like, he's a galvanizer. He's a guy that everybody wants to play with because he's unselfish. You know, he plays the game the right way. And he's starting to show a lot more leadership skills. And so, like I said, there's a – Paul George and, and, and with the Clippers, you know, you, you got Kawhi down right now. And Paul George is getting it done offensively and defensively. And he's carrying that team. So there are a lot of – a lot of guys right now that are squarely in the mix, but right now it's Steph and KD. They're the top two, I think. And then Jokic is probably right there at three. Yeah, Michael, it sounds like you got your hands full when it's going to be time to sit down and, and parse out the MVP ladder in terms of the number of people that are going to be on that list and that are going to be candidates. I'm sure the fans will be fine. I'm sure you won't get any angry tweets from anybody. I'm sure <laughs> everyone will treat your release of the list, you know, with a lot of composure and understanding, but from Daniel and I, I say best of luck with that. And <laughs> you might want to hit the mute button a few times, but, but anyways, um, you know, speaking of, uh, you know, some of the, the best uh, competition in the NBA, the Pelicans obviously are off to a very rough start this season and the schedule has not helped at all on that front either. Um, I wanted to kind of ask you quickly about some of the upcoming opponents that they have. I mean, once again, the Pelicans are playing a bunch of really good teams. And um, one of the things that I think your colleague, John Schumann noted was the other day in his power rankings was that the upcoming opponents for the, the Pelicans, obviously without Zion and they've been without Brandon Ingram have struggled offensively. And yet their upcoming schedule is all teams that are in, you know, say the top 10 defensively. So um, I, I guess, uh, first off, uh, I was wondering what your thoughts are on Miami so far. I mean, 
they've been it seemed like they started out where they were at the top of the league and then they went through a, a rough stretch re- recently where they lost some games which has been kind of the theme I think across the league that there's been so much streakiness so far but um what are you what have you thought so far of the heat in terms of their competitiveness and ability to be near the top of the east no you just mentioned competitiveness and shoot man you it doesn't get much more competitive than the Miami Heat. And that's just something that's ingrained in the culture out there. Uh, the last Heat game I watched was a while ago, to be honest with you. It was against uh, Denver, obviously, when everything went down mm. with uh, the Morris twin or the yep. with Mark, you know. So, you know, they're, they're a team, Jimmy Butler, we were talking about MVP ladder earlier. He's a guy that's up there and he's a guy that's getting it done offensively and defensively. But, you know, Jimmy is sort of the, the the linchpin of everything out there. He's the guy that, you know, his mentality, the way he plays, that sort of rubs off on everybody else with the heat. So the Pels are going to have their hands full messing with uh, Miami. And not only that, like you just said, they've been streaky. They haven't played well. And so, you know, they're going to be looking to get, you know, get back on the right track and, and you know, start building some wins, getting, you know, some consistency there. So, you know, you get not only – a team full of dogs, but you also get a very motivated team when you play them. So good luck to the Pels, man. <laughs> oh, wait, wait, tell me, tell me about Zion though. Like uh, last I saw, I think the 24th, he's supposed to be getting re-examined or something like that. Yeah. And then like, okay, well, what's the ramp up period from there? Like, do you, is it a couple of weeks? How does that go? I'm not sure. I, I think what's going to happen after the scans is hopefully things are positive and things are progressing and then he'll be cleared for full practice participation as, as far as like five on five full court. And at, at that point, I, I don't know, I guess we'll have to wait and see like how long it's going to be. I mean, I think a lot of it is TBD as far as like, okay, he get, he does get cleared to practice and then you, you monitor, okay. You know how he's progressing from there and then, well, hopefully it won't be that won't be too long. So yeah, but, but you got to be really careful there too. Sure, you know, sure. Just like when when you came back, um, was it twenty twenty? Was it was it like I still remember the date? It was like January twenty second when he finally came back from that. Uh, it, right. Spurs. Yeah, you were there. Yes. You were there for that game, right, Mike? Yeah. Yeah. Yep. 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 And so yeah. you know they, they were. I, I know that uh, Grip took a lot of the criticism for bringing him back so slowly, but man, when you got a player that is a generational talent like him, I think that's how you have to handle it because you sure. want to get, you know, you want to get as much as you can from him. And to me, you maximize him when you, when you take care of him early on in his career. No doubt. No doubt. That's for sure. Um, going back to uh, the upcoming opponents for the Pelicans, um, Friday, they host the Clippers. You mentioned Paul George. Um, I, I don't think anyone's really that surprised by how he's played. I mean, he's, one of the best players in the league. I think people were going a little overboard with their criticism and kind of quote unquote hate of him as far as the way he played in the playoffs. But I mean, that part of it, I don't think is a surprise in terms of the Clippers, but um, how, how impressed or surprised have you been by the way that they've gotten con- contributions from so many other guys that have made them, you know, a top six team in the West, despite not having Kawhi. Well, that's the thing about them too. Like, you know, we, we talk about Paul George and like you just said, the hate, I'll never understand it, but um, collectively, they are a team that plays really hard. I mean, they they play hard. And, you know, obviously, I think a lot of that comes from Ty Lu. I mean, you know, he's a guy that, you know, he was that kind of guy when he, when he was playing in the NBA, just a hard grinder type player. 
that's what you got going on with the Clippers. And so that's sort of like I was talking about with Miami, that's sort of ingrained in their culture. Now um, the Clippers actually have been a surprise to me. You know, we were talking about surprises earlier. I didn't think that they would get off to the start that they have, you know, because, you know, typically they're not a team that like can, can put a bunch of points on the scoreboard, you know, I mean, they kind of have to get it done defensively and <laughs> they've been able to do it, but also Paul George is putting those, those points on the board, man. Like what's he averaging right now? He's like at 25, 26. I think game. so. Yeah. I mean, his, his, uh, his ability to carry them has been impressive, but they're also getting yeah. a lot of good stuff from role players um, off the bench and, Nicholas Batum has been really good. Oh, yeah. Supplies. So, yeah, yeah. They, they've just been impressive. They so. have. They, they definitely have. I mean, but like I said, like overall, those guys just play hard. You know, I was talking to one of their coaches the other night, and that's precisely what we were talking about. I'm like, dude, like these dudes are playing. Mm-hmm. And, it, you know, yeah. So he was like, yeah, but we got to get Marcus back. And I'm like, dude, y'all are getting it done without him. Yeah. So they're – they're another team that the Pels are going to have, you know, a hard time with because, you know, what, like the one thing that you, you're not going to ever be able to teach in any sport is effort, you know, mm-hmm. and, you know, just playing hard. And so that's, you know, and, and also the Pels are a pretty young team, man. Let's, let's just be real here. They're pretty young and you got a lot of new pieces now with the way things were done in the off season. And so, it's going to take them some time, you know, and like, I just sort of hope for their sake that, you know, you can get Zion back as quick as possible. So everything can, you know, you know, you, your gumbo and your chemistry, you know, you got to get all that <laughs> stuff going and that, that takes a little while. And, you know, sure. Just depending on when Zion is back. I mean, you, you could be talking about another month, month and a half before everything is as good as it's going to be in New Orleans. Yeah. I think overall, everyone just needs we just all need to see like what the team looks like when it's at full strength obviously there's a lot of guys right now that are being put in tough positions because they're in a role or responsibility that's way beyond what they expected or anyone expected you know during the offseason when we looked ahead to the to this to the year though so and, and lastly um you know I think you talked about the Clippers I think people continue to gain appreciation for the coaching job that Ty Lue does with, I mean, what he did in the playoffs last year, what he's done the last couple of years with the Clippers. Um, another guy who I think is one of the really respected head coaches in the, in the league is Rick Carlisle. The, the Pelicans wrap up this week at Indiana on Saturday. Um, they've been such a strange, they've had such a strange start to the season as well, partly because of all the guys that have been out with injuries um, what are your impressions of the Pacers so far? If you've had a chance to watch them or, or kind of follow what they've done to this point, I actually have not gotten a chance to really pay much attention to them. Uh, you know, I think I might have caught a game or two, but I mean, I think they've had some pretty quality wins here lately. Mm-hmm. You know, I would, if I'm not mistaken, didn't they beat uh Philly? Yeah, uh, maybe. they did beat Philly yeah, recently. Yeah. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then in, and in that game, the last game they played against uh, the Knicks, you know, it was pretty close. They were up, and yeah, and they yeah, that was a pretty close game. Couldn't make and a so, shot in the second half. Yeah. So, and like you just said, Rick Carlisle, and people don't give him enough credit. You know, I mean, when he leaves Dallas, you already knew the man had like five jobs lined up <laughs> to, to go wherever he wanted to go. I mean, because he's just that that high quality 
you know, of a coach. Um, yeah. But yeah, that's another tough one. And is that now? Where is that game? Is it going to be in Indianapolis? That's in Indiana. Indiana yeah, the Pelicans got the Clippers here in New Orleans Friday, and then they travel to Indiana on back for back. Saturday. Yep, back to back. Ooh, that's rough, man. That's rough. So, I, I like I feel like I should be asking you guys all the questions. <laughs> so, seriously, because I'm like I haven't had like because I, I I've sort of been <clears throat> in addition to like handling the Southwest. I've been having to cover teams from that Atlantic division too. Mm. And so, you know, over there, there's, you know, these teams are all pretty good over here. And so I haven't really gotten to, to spend a lot of time thinking about the pills, but I got questions. Like what's the mm. mood there right now with everything and like with the uncertainty and everything with, with Zion and, you know, and like I've, I've seen like, taking a lot of criticism for you know the way this whole thing has been handled and you know you never know like what to believe what's true what's not but what, what what's the the mood out there I mean I think everyone is frustrated but I mean I think with losing that's going to happen every time I keep going back to the idea that if the team was at and I mean, we could we could use that ifs all day of course as you know but if, if Zion was playing and the team was at full strength, I feel like everything would be a totally different picture. Now with him not being available with Brandon Ingram being out as well, you didn't expect this team to be, you know, 15 games in the season to be eight and seven right now or whatever, but it's just been tough to be two and 13 the way that they are. And I think what's added to the frustration of that is like, I mean, you can tell from, even if you haven't gotten a chance to watch them play just from the scores, it's not like they've been getting blown out consistently. They've had leads in a lot of games. They've been in clutch time a bunch of times and not been able to wrap up wins. Monday was one of the, I don't know, Dan, you can, you can tell me if, what you think on this, but I mean, Monday might've been the toughest loss of the season, just from the standpoint that they were up 17 at halftime against a team that's off to a great start and weren't able to close it. So it's, I think it's a combination of, you know, from a bottom line standpoint, People are frustrated and they should be with, you know, you never, you don't want to be two and 13. Um, but it's also been kind of, uh, I'm not sure if tease is the right word, but it's been, there's been so many games where they've been right there and to, to look at it now and see the record that they have and the hole that they've dug um, as far as play and race and that kind of thing. It's just, it's frustrating. I keep using that word just because you know that it, it, it could easily be a lot better than it has been so far. And how is Coach Green dealing with it all? Like, you know, are you seeing any early evidence that, you know, he's the guy that can, you know, get the team over the hump, that type of thing? I think players respect him. I think that's, you know, the biggest take and biggest job for him is he's built relationships with these players. He's focusing on that. You know, when he first started, that was his main goal was to develop relationships with these players. He'll work on the X's and O's after. But I think they're all – still on the Willie Green train. I think, you know, we get to watch practices. Uh, the energy is the same every day. There's not a lull, even with the team going through a tough stretch. I think that starts with Willie. And the fact that Willie's kind of letting them play freely out there, I think they respect the fact that he's kind of letting them, one, make their own mistakes, but two, also kind of play the way that they are more most comfortable with playing. So I think with Willie Green that they have faith in him that they can turn things around. I think they're just looking for – some guys to step up uh, in the absence of Zion and with BI out, you know, they didn't win a game. And so you're just looking for some of those young guys to maybe take that next step, whether it's 
Nikhil in year three, Jackson Hayes in year three. Um, which one of those guys is going to take that leap and help this team get some wins? And I think um, Willie Green has instilled confidence in guys. Um, I think he's has a really calm demeanor. The only one time that he's really kind of snapped a little bit was after the Oklahoma City loss um, last week where he didn't like the effort of some of the players in that game. Other than that, though, he's been extraordinarily positive and upbeat, especially given the circumstances. So I think in a lot of ways, that's exactly what the team needs right now when it's in the situation that it's been in so far. Well, you know, you were talking earlier about like all these young guys that get, get thrust into roles that they didn't expect and that they maybe not be capable of fulfilling. Well, the, the beauty of that, I mean, like look at Golden State, like the last couple of years, they same situation. I mean, obviously it's Golden State and you still got Steph and you still got Draymond but they were forced to play so many young players that they basically learned how to play that the way the golden state warriors want to play. And so now you've got all these guys getting all these minutes or, I mean, their, their roles have de decreased since everybody's come back, but they had gotten so many minutes in the, in, the, in that year before or whatever that now when they come in, it's just like clockwork, you know, you got, got like Jordan pool, like, you know, guys like that uh, Wiggins, you know, he's playing his butt off. And so, I think that's the beauty of like having so many young guys thrust into maybe roles that they were not ready for because, you know, these guys are going to learn and they're just going to get better. But, you know, I, I will say this, I keep watching the bulls, man. And I'm looking at Lonzo and I'm just like, and the Pelicans could use him. They really could use that guy, man. Like he's, he's turned himself into a player, man. Like, I mean, I'm talking about like, you know, from the, just the on court stuff, but like just his body too. Like you can tell that man has been in the weight room, you know, working, trying to make himself like a, you know, big, strong NBA player. And he, he looked really good with the Bulls. Yeah. I, I think one thing briefly, before I go back to Daniel, um, I think they have him in the perfect role. I think one of the, the, the things here was he was kind of the third scorer. And I don't know if that's really ideally suited to him. Whereas in Chicago, they have DeRozan, Vucevic, uh, Zach Levine, obviously they have a couple other guys and I think he's really what they're asking him to do, I think is perfect. I don't know yeah. if, if the Pelicans have enough around him for them to be able to, to do that with him and then still pay, you know, 20 plus 20 million plus a year. So I think that that might've been part of, of the decision. Um, but, but you're right. I mean, he's been, he's been a really good fit with them and, um, they don't need him to score 15, 18 points a game and consistently be, be a offensive punch. Um, so I think, you know, the, his decision to go there, I think, think seems, seems like it makes a lot of sense. Yeah. It was kind of like, kind of like, I don't, I don't want to call it dumb luck, but it's just the way everybody end, ended up like, you know, like I said, Caruso, DeRozan, Lonzo, and it just, just worked out out perfectly yeah like it, it's been a surprise i mean look at the rosen shooting three-pointers now i think he shoots like two or three of them a game now yeah and this is a guy that would never shoot the three when he was in san antonio so it's it's been pretty 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 fun to watch uh there's just so many like players that are sort of thriving on new teams this season and i i think it's been really cool to watch yeah for sure for sure it should be the exciting uh rest of the calendar year too as well as we head into 2022 but michael I really appreciate the time. We'll look out for your MVP ladder. Look out for all your great work on NBA.com. 
and we'll talk to you down the road. Cool. I might need y'all to be security for me um, when this MVP ladder comes out. But you know what? It shouldn't be bad. It, like there shouldn't be that many surprises. But I remember last year putting uh, Nikola Jokic up pretty high, pretty early, and people were losing their minds over it. And I'm like, you guys realize this list comes out every week. It's right. going to change every week. People. You know, it, it, it's funny, but you know what? You also get a lot of nice emails, but it's usually from like, uh, you know, like the Serbians and stuff like, you know, just, you know, we we, we appreciate you uh, putting, you know, Jokic up there, but we think he should be number one, like that kind of thing. But, the, you know, so for all the bad emails, you get a lot of great ones, too. A lot of nice people. So yep. it's There's definitely fun. not a not a perfect list or no one's gonna think your list is perfect so it no just... it's so hard too because there's so many guys that you're like oh this guy is so deserving he needs to get in there but then you're like okay well who do i have to take out to get him in there and then it it, it becomes a thing like you make one change and you end up having to make six more changes so it, it's kind of like tough. it's kind of like how a lot of people that complain about the 75 greatest players had had about 94 players on their top 75 list and so yep. yeah you got to make People some People are tough not going to make it on there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Yeah. Good That's stuff. Tough. Michael, I appreciate the time. Thanks for coming on. All right, guys. You have a good one. You, you too, Mike. The Pelicans in the heat tonight at 6.30 p.m. Central Time. You can watch on Valley Sports New Orleans or listen on ESPN New Orleans at 6.30 as well. And then we'll have Noah Eagle, radio voice of the Clippers on, on Friday. Until then, for Jim and Michael, I'm Daniel Salerson. Thanks for listening to the Pelicans podcast presented by Seahawks.